everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. Today, I'm here with India Partners, and all the partners are on the call. So we have Satish Andhra, we have Abhishek Srivastava, and Ramesh Biarapanini. So we have three people very conversant with the Indian ecosystem and are investing in the ecosystem. So we're going to have a great conversation about India. Welcome to the show, Satish, Ramesh, and Abhishek. Thank you, Samina. I appreciate uh, you having us on the show. So let's start by uh, each of you taking turns to introduce yourselves, your background, and how you uh, see the India venture opportunity. Let's start with you, Satish. Great. Uh, My name is Satish Andra. I'm one of the founders of India Partners, along with uh, Dr. Ramesh as well as Abhishek, who are on the call. Um, My own background, I'm an engineer, electronics and communication engineering with master's in computer engineering. I spent roughly 16-odd years in Silicon Valley prior to coming back to India. Uh, started my career in semiconductors, uh, designing chips, power PC chipsets, and later, you know, uh, networking chips. Uh, worked with LSI Logic, then um, moved from engineering into product marketing, product management. Um, joined a startup called Beat Square that was later acquired by Connexent. Uh, while I was still actively pursuing my career in semiconductors, I used to very avidly follow internet and software. Uh, ecosystems. I started a company called Euclid. I was a Silicon Valley startup. As a founder CEO, raised around $40 million of venture capital funding. Um, we were one of the hot startups in the IT governance space. Um, uh, those days, uh, you know, uh, a term ASP, application service provider. You know, today you talk about SaaS. I built a company. Once the company exited, I wanted to move to the other side of the table. I uh, wanted to uh, work with great entrepreneurs. I was a venture partner with DFJ. I was with them for five-plus years before um, I realized my calling that uh, early-stage uh, you know, product startups, uh, you know, that's what I love, uh, partnering with entrepreneurs outside of investing capital, working with them to help them scale. Um, got to know Dr. Ramesh and Abhishek through Thai, and that's how India Partners was born. Very good. Let's talk about Dr. Ramesh next then. Go ahead. Maybe I'll request uh, Satish to uh, uh, you know give a quick uh, Dr. Ramesh's background. Satish, sure. Go ahead. That's fine. Good doc- yeah, Dr. Ramesh is a cardiologist. Uh, my profession is an intervention cardiologist. Again, uh, was in U.S., came back, uh, uh, started uh, a tertiary care hospital, 300-plus uh, beds, uh, family family, was CEO as well as chief cardiology. After uh, two and a half decades uh, as a clinician, uh, he wanted to work with entrepreneurs who would uh, work on the next uh, a disruptive idea either in digital health or medical devices or life sciences. Um, he got actively involved at Thai 
became president of Chai Hyderabad, uh, you know, is, uh, that's, that's kind of how I was active uh, in the Silicon Valley Chai. That when I moved to India, again, I was very active. We used to do a conference called Chai as we connect in association with uh, Indian School of Business. And Dr. Ramesh uh, uh, left his practice and then uh, moved into venture capital full time. Okay. And Abhishek, what about you? Yeah, Shamina. Uh, so I'm an engineer by background. I did my engineering from uh, Delhi College of Engineering, Delhi University. Uh, subsequently spent around four and a half, five years uh, on the enterprise product, largely uh, you know, on the product development side, a little bit on the marketing side, both in India and in uh, Europe. Uh, then did my postgrad uh, from Indian School of Business uh, in Hyderabad and switched gears a bit. Uh, I was with... Uh, Consulting and investment banking with Deloitte Consulting, and then uh, you know followed by uh, Pricewaterhouse Corp, um, uh, Corporations, uh, you know uh, CFIB team, PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, around four and a half to five years, again you know sort of very le- enriching learning experience, I would say. Uh, but beyond that, again uh, I-, I wanted to get back into the operation side, and uh, so that's when I joined uh, another company called Science, which is one of the leading product uh, and network engineering uh, you know, companies in India, and, and they were on the cusp of their uh, high growth. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was a part of their corp, they largely uh, uh, managing organic as well as inorganic growth initiatives. Uh, that's when I uh, learned a lot more around, uh, you know, I would say, what's now called IoT. Back in those days, it was more around smart grid, uh, certainly more on the product side, uh, engineering side, and the network engineering side. And then almost for the last six years, uh, being in the early stage, uh, you know, investing, working with the startups and very, very early entrepreneurs. Uh, I think like Satish mentioned, uh, Satish, uh, I got to know Satish through one of the Thai forums where we, uh, you know, ran a, uh, sort of one of the first uh, jump-started a program called Thai Buddies. We used to teach school-going kids about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I got to know him and, uh, uh, you know, also Dr. Ramesh and, Figured out very soon that uh, it is it is a kind of calling given all the uh, I would say you know the directions were pointing towards India becoming the next next hot destination for product startups as well as uh, wanted to leverage my previous experience and 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 work with uh, you know Satish and Dr. Ramesh. Great. So let's um, start talking about India partners. How big is the fund? What is the uh, what is your preference in terms of where you want to invest in, what kind of stage, and so forth? So let's uh, understand the India Partners thesis. Our, our first fund, uh, Shamina, is uh, uh, around 175 crores. Um, and we've made 12 investments. Um, and and uh, our vision was always, you know, the co-founder VC for product startups. Uh, and that's about 35, 30 million, 35 million, somewhere in that. Yeah, around program. 30 million. Yeah, around 30 million, depending on the exchange yeah. rates, right, any day. Um, so we always wanted to, uh, you know, obviously, uh, early days, if you remember, there were accelerators, incubators, angel investors. I mean, they all still exist. But uh, there weren't any seed stage VC funds or pre-series A VC funds, and that was not a category because the angels, accelerators, investors, you know, would uh, do the early stage, you know, seed and pre-series A funding, and occasionally series A investors would invest in startups at that stage. But we realized that uh, 
obviously, you know, seed and pre-series A be a category by itself, and we wanted to be a leader in that category, and uh, co-founder of VC uh, was our tagline. Um, not that we would uh, run the car from the back seat, but uh, still entrepreneurs will drive their companies. We wanted to stay very involved. Everybody in the team, uh, you know, we all have um, entrepreneurial operating experience uh, besides wearing investors' hat. So uh, our check size would be half a million to a million to begin with, and over the life of the company in the fund one, we invested up to $4 million per company. We've done 12 investments, uh, majority of them technology and healthcare, uh, companies, you know, product startups, uh, selective consumer bets. Um, in terms of subsectors in technology, you know, SaaS, cybersecurity, enterprise mobility, uh, then hardware semiconductors, and uh, in the healthcare, <clears throat> digital health, medical devices, and healthcare IT, and in the consumer side, whether that's, you know, Again, fintech or uh, you know healthcare or certain uh, niche retail, those are the opportunities that um, we look for. Broadly, three teams. I mean, we look at you know certain set of companies going just after India market. Um, then a uh, whole bunch of them start in India and then go into adjacent markets like Southeast Asia or Australia or Middle East. And some of them have presence in India, but they go global. I mean, they have nothing to do in India. They sell global markets. Yeah. So those are the themes. And, um, you know, our companies, uh, Fund One has done really well, thanks to exceptional entrepreneurs um, and their execution. Um, I'd say flies uh, of luck and a bit of a focus, all of that has helped us to achieve, uh, you know, good momentum so far. So fund one is all invested now? So we, we will not make a new investment. We've reserved uh, a sufficient follow-on capital for the companies, um, you know, portfolio companies. Uh, fund two, um, you know, will go live soon. It'll be a $75 million fund. Pretty much the same uh, same thesis. Uh, same the idea piece. was okay. that, yeah, we, we wanted to be able to do uh, as many pro rata um, investments in later rounds of our portfolio companies. And you operate out of which city in India, Hyderabad? You talked about Hyderabad earlier. Yeah, we live in Hyderabad. Uh, we keep joking. Uh, we live in Hyderabad, but the majority of the portfolio uh, is based out of Bangalore. Out of 12, um, I think um, seven or Bangalore, three in Hyderabad, one Bombay, and then one in Delhi. Okay. So let's... Um, Talk a little bit about your um, companies. So pick maybe one, two, three um, highlights of your portfolio. And as you describe them, tell us about when they came to you, in what state did you encounter them, and what is it about them that compelled you to write checks? So what I'm trying to do is understand how you think about investments in specific cases. Sounds good. I'll talk about a few examples, and Abhishek, you know, feel free to chime in a couple of those. Um, now, Shamna, you know, most of these checks, except one or two, are concept state checks. You know, we're the first institutional investors 
let me talk about a company you know in each of these teams that I talked about India only then India first and Addison markets next and going global without doing much in India in terms of market you know marketing and sales so let's talk about um, you know alpha ICs Alpha ICs is a programmable AI processor. It's an edge processor. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of, you know, there are a lot of uh, data center focused chips. Uh, you know, NVIDIA is, is the market leader. And then you have got GraphCore, uh, Samanova, um, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, um, you know, companies very well funded that are attacking the data center side. but. We realize that uh, edge inferencing is going to be a really big opportunity, and it's very important, you know, uh, not just uh, data labeling, but also decision making needs to happen at the edge, especially in environments like, um, you know, automotive, whether it's ADAS or autonomous vehicles. Um, then you look at conversational systems as well as, you know, video surveillance or, you know, industrial automation. In all of these environments, such uh, processing capability, uh, low power, uh, but highly, um, um, you know, high performance oriented processes were a must. We found Alpha ICs, you know, we wrote the first check. Um, the entrepreneur uh, background, you know, he was at Qualcomm and he was at NVIDIA before. So mm-hmm. he's part mm-hmm. of Snapdragon and Tegra teams. And uh, I think those companies, he had more than uh, 30, 40 patents. And even within Alpha ICs, we had multiple patents. Given my semiconductor background and the fact that, um, you know, I understand the industry really well, um, we really liked the company, liked the entrepreneur, and we made that investment. Um, you know, you know about uh, the uh, CISC risk, um, you know, then obviously graphics processors and the tensor flows. You know, know, all these architectures, these agent-based computing, you know, these are programmable agents. Obviously, uh, you know, that can be defined to do a particular task. And, uh, you know, it's just a very, very efficient architecture ground up. And we're very excited about the company. So that's one example of, you know, Bangalore Silicon Valley company. Lots of engineering work gets done out of Bangalore, but the markets are... U.S. and Japan and Europe. Very interesting. You know, um, I, as you probably know, my background is actually in computer architecture. I, I was in the parallel computing um, part of MIT's Alewife uh, project in, back in the mid-90s. Um, so one thing I've always observed is that uh, chip companies, well, the funding for chip companies has gone down tremendously in Silicon Valley also, and uh, very few, almost no one in the Indian venture ecosystem is willing or equipped to do chips. So I'm actually thrilled to hear that you are willing and equipped to do chip investments, early stage chip investments from India. So congratulations on that. Tell me a little bit about uh, about this company. How uh, how does the follow-on fund- funding happen? Um, are any of your colleagues in India willing to fund the chip company, or did you raise the follow-on funding in Silicon Valley? So uh, I think uh, we were lucky that uh, in the initial round itself, uh, we had some of the investors from around the globe, from Japan as well as Europe, 
Um, and uh, Vinod Dham is actively involved, you know, with this company. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of co-founders sit out of the area. And um, so uh, given that the markets are in U.S. and Europe and Japan, and the fact that uh, there were a couple of investors who got involved early on, we feel fairly confident. Um, within India, you know, still, I must say, uh, things are changing quite a bit in terms of uh, VCs' interest uh, in investing, uh, you know, in some of the deep tech companies, but we're still in early days. So while we may get, you know, uh, some follow-on capital from India, but majority of the capital will come from outside of India for this company. Yeah. So how far along is the company? Is it, has the chip uh, been finished or where so is it? Yeah, no, you come from that industry, right? I think uh, they uh, initially uh, got the logic, uh, you know, prioritized in SCGAs, though they run uh, slower, right? But yes. at the same time, you need to build a compiler, you need to build all the libraries. So all of that is done, and the application boards are built with SCGA um, samples that are running the entire logic may not be at the final clock speed when the chip mm. comes out. I think they're about to tape out the test chip. Uh, the initial benchmarking has been uh, very, very encouraging, and we are very positive. Uh, you know, once uh, uh, the tape out is done, we characterize and uh, you know we plug the chip in the application boards that we have ready already, and many customers are kind of piloting them in various application scenarios. Very cool. All right, let's talk about uh, maybe another one or two examples. Yeah, of what so let you... me talk about another another SaaS example here, another example from SaaS, a company called Darwin Box. Um, again, we wrote the first $300,000 check to three entrepreneurs. Um, what they build is a HR SaaS platform end-to-end, you know, hire to retire. Um, in terms of you know, when you know, like, the entire HR life cycle, you've got recruitment and uh, induction, that's one function. Leave attendance, payroll, compliance is the second function, which is closer to finance, so it sits in HR. Then you've got engagement, you've got learning and development, and performance management. Performance management becomes the seraphim. So the team, you know, came from Google, uh, ENY, McKinsey, you know, IIT, IM, XLRI kind of background. So not so much about the educational credentials or industry experience, but I think they understood the domain really well. As Indian economy, you know, kind of doubles and triples, you know, grows to close to $10 trillion in the next two decades, so many more companies are going to grow. You know, many $100 million companies are going to become billion-dollar companies, and we all know that. Uh, the most precious capital is going to be human capital. And uh, obviously, you know, many of these mid-sized companies do not have a, a HR system. Today at best, uh, they run leave attendance, payroll, you know, payroll processing, and some of them use recruitment solutions. So we knew that while there could be a lot of homegrown local companies and occasionally, you know, an SAP or an Oracle or a workday would try and, uh, you know, obviously sell to India customers. We strongly believe that there is room for an India company to grow, build a large business in India, but also go and sell in the Addison markets like Southeast Asia. So we wrote that check. Um, 
company had uh, version 1.0 basic uh, mvp i would call it with few pilots uh, fabulous entrepreneurs again um, here um, so they they did uh, really well um, scale you know their business uh, like speed uh, partners invested uh, after we found the company um very glad to say that they have 100 plus enterprise customer couple of 100000 employees from these enterprises using the platform and they're already in singapore and they've got initial set of design wins and they're very rapidly scaling so what uh, what about great tip yeah so uh folks like great tip uh, others are local hr plays but uh, they may be going after the low end segment right so there's a small medium enterprises and then there's medium to uh mid size to large and then there are the large enterprises and mnc's so occasionally darwin box may be aggressive but but uh, they don't compete with them in many of the accounts they okay. compete uh, with uh, you know sap success factors occasionally they see oracle and there's another services driven company in india called people strong they also Uh, you know, people strong in certain accounts, but Darwin Box is uh, making very rapid progress. Okay, very good. All right. Do you want to talk about any other company, and then I'm going to switch. Uh, yeah, I'll switch. To I'll switch to uh, you know one India theme, an India theme company. But I'll also let Abhishek. Uh, Abhishek already you know uh, managed investment, managed the company. We had an exit within first three years. It was a cyber security company. Uh, they were selling both in Europe, US, and India. I'll let Abhishek talk about that. But uh, an India team, a company called Kiss, K I K I S S H T. Kiss. It's in the Hindi means uh, payments. Um, okay. Kiss is a fintech company. Uh, you know, purchase financing. Um, they enable purchase financing in consumer durables. Like if somebody is buying. you know a mobile phone or if somebody is buying electronics or a laptop mm-hmm. uh you know they can buy now pay later you know pay in emis the technology they have is uh determining the credit scores of consumers you know in india civil yeah. uh is just evolving you know there's not like experian equifax and transunion the established credit databases that we have in us so uh apart from civil they look at alternate data sources like uh employment and salary information um you know bank savings uh you know also the behavior and the credibility in the digital footprint and they use all of the data to determine the credit worthiness they also have um collections uh you know automation you know how do you collect the money disbursing is one piece but how do you uh you know collect the money on an ongoing basis uh and then third piece is the fraud database So that's the tech platform, and they leverage that to deliver these purchase financing services. And you know, they just started even a bit of personal loan portfolio, and they acquire customers through multiple channels, online. You know, majority of the large online players. Um, you know, for example, um, bunch of stuff on Flipkart. You know, Kist services. They have OEMs like you know the Dells and. and you know uh, LG's and Samsung's that also drive the business and they also have offline mm-hmm. uh, again we wrote the first seed uh, seed check for a million dollars this is india centric you know play the company has raised uh, you know 
close to 40 odd million uh, 30 you know 35 or 40 million dollars um, and uh, you know they they have done really well great so um, i actually have a question on um, companies that are raising a lot of follow on capital for a small fund like you companies that end up raising a lot of follow on capital what is your take on those situations do you exit into follow on rounds or do you stay put we did not exit uh, any of these companies you know we did uh, seed investment we did florida in series a we did in florida in series b uh, like i said earlier um, uh, you know in terms of our fund two strategy you know the reason why we increased the size to 75 million is to be able to do many more florida rounds for our portfolio companies but mm-hmm. it's not that our intention is to stay in these companies forever. Neither would be to address it in selling them early nor get too greedy and wait there forever. We understand that as a seed investor, uh, when, when large capitalization, large rounds of funding happen, at the right time, we need to exit. But yeah. uh, so far, you know, whether in KIST or Sictiple or many other companies that have raised rounds, uh, Follow-on rounds of funding, you know, we've not executed. We believe in these companies and they're exceptional entrepreneurs uh, building good products and scaling these companies. Yeah, I think that's true about what's happening in the venture market in general. Um, there has been a lot of infusion of capital in the, you know, pre-seed, seed, post-seed, Series A, you know, small Series A stage. Um, not the traditional 5 million, 8, 10 million Series A, which is uh, the bigger funds are doing these 5 million, 10 million Series A, but there are a lot of hundreds of funds that are now playing in your part of the ecosystem. And I think for to counter the other side of the trend, which is SoftBank and NEA all kind of putting in huge, huge amounts of money in later rounds, I think it's better for smaller funds to take the money out at this point because sometimes these very large rounds are going to be stuck there for a while and not get exits because they're overvalued rounds. So, um, let, think- let me clarify, Samina. Let me clarify. I completely understand what you're saying. So let me kind of give you an idea of what we call as the seed of series A and what is series A, what is series B, what is series C. You know, our seed rounds or free Series A rounds are less than $2 million. Yeah. Right? Series A's are anywhere between 8 to $10 million. Mm-hmm. Series B's are, you know, 25 to $30 million. And above that is Series C and Series D. You're absolutely right. You know, if you look at, let's say, you know, I put in a million dollars and or $2 million early on, I own 10 to 15% of the company. Right? Yeah. In a ten million dollar round to maintain the Florida, I need to put another million or million and a half. Yeah. Right? And and in a series B of twenty million, you know, again I need to put in two million dollars. Right. right. So so you're talking about four million dollars per company, four to yeah. five million dollars per company to participate in every round, you know, and, and defining these rounds are similar to, you know, a valley or uh, any other, you know, kind of metro market sizes of rounds. You're absolutely right. If they're onerous, you know, term sheets in terms of liquidation preferences or shareholder rights, 
and and if you're not participating in those rounds, obviously you have to make a decision whether staying in yep. makes sense in right. spite of the risks, or it's better for you to get out. Yeah. I must tell you that thanks to our great entrepreneurs and I think our own due diligence and slice of luck, you know, in almost all our companies, you know, we were able to participate and and we've you know, we've got great rides and both seats. Yeah, right. but as you go along, so, it's going to come up. The exit question is going to come up just because, you know, absolutely. fintech, absolutely. for instance, it's going to no take doubt. a while. Yeah. It's going to be a lengthy journey. Fintech in India is going to take a while to build this company. So um, so quite possibly you'll have to um, consider those possibilities. It's just, a, you know, I think it's okay. It's the, the important thing is to make sure that each part of the ecosystem is healthy, right? If you if you look at the early Absolutely. days of the India early stage ecosystem, especially the seed stage ecosystem, the angels were getting very nervous because exits were not happening, and um, you know they, a lot of angels had their money stuck for a long time. Now I think um, with all these development and the understanding of the later round investors buying out the the pre seed seed angel kind of money. I think there is more. The ecosystem is becoming healthier, and that's a very good trend. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I think there are, you know, one needs to monitor the situation and be very careful, uh, not get stuck, but at the same time, uh, sometimes not exit too early. Yeah, you, min- sure. you minimize your judgment. So I think one has to be very, very careful. No doubt about. So Abhishek, you wanted to talk about one of your companies that has already had an exit. Would you like to uh, get yeah. going? Sure, Shabana. This is uh, actually a company called Seal Square, which is uh, into cybersecurity. And uh, what they had built is uh, they had built a cloud-based, uh, you know, real-time bot prevention solution. Uh-huh. Um, so essentially, if you look at it. Uh, you know, the verticals, which is, uh, I, I would say, any online uh, digital asset, whether it's in the form of e-commerce, uh, digital publishing, the travel site, etc., yeah. as well as, you know, the financial mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. They had been constantly facing the issues around content scraping, you know, content scraping, price scraping, uh, some kind of form uh, spamming, as well as uh, uh, also what we call a skewed site analytics. So what these guys had was... Uh, very simple API-based technology, and then sort of they had ML techniques on the edges, uh, which uh, used to keep their signatures uh, always up to date, and they used to scrap good bots from bad bots. And uh, I think, again, this would largely fall in, in one of the second categories, what Sadish mentioned here, right, which is an uh, Indian uh, in a company largely going global. I think they, had, uh, they, went, they, they got to a stage where they had a decent critical mass in India, and then they took off in U.S. and Europe, and they had... Uh, built a very, very good substantial base in, in U.S. and in Europe uh, and a little bit of Southeast Asia. And uh, uh, I think what uh, kind of worked out for us is, uh, again, you know, like any other good deal, uh, a good set of very, very complementary skill set um, across the founding team. I think a technology uh, with that uh, huge potential and very uh, in, in interesting sort of differentiated uh, you know, perspective in, in, in the form of a very unique, unique deterministic approach that they had towards building a zero false positives, 
uh, as well mm -hmm. as very simple API integration approach, you know, not letting the DNS rerouting, again, one of the larger companies, I think most of the existing customers, they were faint because they, they were having the DNS rerouting approach where essentially all the traffic were being re redirected to their own servers. And none of these guys, uh, even more so the financial services, would ever, ever want to, uh, you know, get into that situation, right? So I think some of these things help them, uh, you know, get to escape velocity. And uh, while they were in conversations with... Uh, uh, you know, quite a few OEMs for uh, partnership towards OEM and, and uh, kind of plugging with them and then going together. That's when these opportunities came up and uh, there were uh, quite a few OEM, I must confess, uh, who, who uh, I think fast-tracked the discussion. And, and I think that a little bit of it had also to do with how the markets, uh, you know, market landscape uh, were also changing in terms of the CDNs and the WAPs as well as, you know, the ADCs kind of figuring it out that this is a very strong, uh, uh, I would say, you know, uh, element in their, in their overall suite that was missing mm -hmm. and which mm -hmm. most of the customers were mm -hmm. asking. So they, they were heading towards build or buy. And, and I think that conversation kind of took up and, uh, uh, you know, we saw an exit in almost a year's time. Again, this wasn't planned. I think, uh, you know, like I said, it, it was more of a year-old investment and the idea was to go along with them and, uh, uh, you know, scale, uh, ramp it up even more. But... Uh, I think at the end of the day, a decent outcome for all the stakeholders, and a lot of it, I must also confess, gets driven by entrepreneurs as well as you know the team. Uh, Who the company? So Radware, uh, uh, which is again a Nasdaq listed Israeli-based company, mm -hmm. acquired uh, Radware earlier this year. Uh, interesting. Actually, cybersecurity is going to be interesting in that sense. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of early exits because. Uh, We've had an exit from our portfolio. Um, Adia was bought by Qualys. Um, and, and my take sure. on this is that, you know, the cybersecurity market has always been incredibly active from an entrepreneurial perspective, investment perspective. There's always lots of new companies coming up. And it's been true for the last 20 years that there's been so much activity in the cybersecurity space. But if you look at the enterprises and the chief information security officers, they have to evaluate so many products and so many vendors, it's, it's kind of difficult. So for little companies to get into enterprise deals is not so simple without some sort of a partnership with a larger vendor who is already on the table, on the evaluation table at these enterprises, if it's an enterprise product in particular. So so I think what's happening is that these enterprise players, the, the larger players who already have a seat at the table, are identifying what are the problems that need to be solved and then getting the point products into the portfolio in that same build versus buy decision that you're talking about. So I think cybersecurity is going to be a ripe area with this kind of exits on an ongoing basis. And I think it's very good for Indian companies in that space. No, that's correct, Sherman. I think I completely agree. I mean, while these guys, uh, you'll be surprised to know that these guys had zero, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, sales personnel out there in U.S. Uh, or anywhere in the, in the, in the globe, uh, you know, yeah. wherever they were getting the customers or their predominant markets were off. Uh, but I think uh, it's, it's largely, I think they, they were able to leverage the soul, you know, what we talk about inside sales and marketing and, and also the fact that 
uh, it was a fairly, fairly relatively, in, uh, specifically if you look at some of the solutions that you talked about, like in cybersecurity, right? It's a very heavy integration approach. I think that's where there, uh, I, I would say, was, uh, you know, a, more like a plug-and-play, right, in the scheme of larger mm -hmm. scheme of things, what they brought to the table. So it was a good combination of, you know, very sleek inside sales marketing uh, complemented by a good integration, and then we're able to quickly show the ROI. But I, I do agree that at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is a space where uh, some of these big boys, and especially the OEMs, uh, you know, the SIs or the ADCs and the CDNs, they would, they're always on the, on the watch out to make sure that their uh, suite of offerings uh, are, are, are full, right? Because essentially yeah. they have a much, much bigger basket. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, um, a couple of broad questions. What, if you look at your last, um, you know, 12 months, 18 months of deal flow, what do you see as uh, standout trends in the Indian uh, market? What is happening? What do you see? What do you think is interesting? It's an art perspective. Uh, you know, we more uh, look for some of the uh, product companies or B2B companies. Um, like I said earlier, whether it's SaaS or enterprise mobility or cybersecurity or semiconductors, hardware, digital health, medical devices, and so I think we're we're seeing, uh, you know, and, and our investment approach also is uh, probably you know 15, 16 investments in a fund, right? At best, mm -hmm. so over a three, three and a half year investment cycle. So you're looking at four, five investments in any year, right? So yeah. uh, basically, you know, we're we're seeing very, very good uh, teams. Um, previously, we used to see a strong uh, engineer or a marketing or a salesperson, uh, and then they would have to go find many other uh, executives or employees. But now the founding teams are really strong and they have complementary skills. And um, the product ecosystem um, and the enterprise ecosystem, you know, we see a combination of returning Indians and then people who work for R&D companies in India both MNC and local, successful local companies, R&D divisions, and then some of the young graduates, you know, who mm -hmm. have appetite to build products. I think that, those are the folks who are contributing or who are starting these companies. Um, so one is the quality of the deal flow is really, really good. And, um, you know, in terms of... Uh, Sectors, uh, I think all the sectors that, that we're focusing on, I think uh, if you look at like FinTech or healthcare, I think uh, just the way, you know, you, you've seen the revolution. I mean, you know, the mobile revolution without a uh, lot of uh, fixed, um, uh, you know, wire penetration in India. Um, you know, we've seen, again, the financial services, more people on mobile payments than people who have had bank accounts. So you leapfrog. Yeah, well, it's going to leapfrog, right? Yes, exactly. That's, it's, there's, there is nothing. There is a, such a weak healthcare sector, such a weak fintech sector or financial sector for the broad uh, population. So this is a, completely an opportunity to leapfrog. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we see very, very innovative models, you know, in, in that area as well. 
uh, and again, uh, you know, Dr. Ramesh has been uh, spending a lot of time looking at very interesting, uh, you know, ideas, uh, whether it is in uh, gene sequencing and some of them, uh, I would not call it as uh, 3D printing, but, uh, you know, cell reengineering mm-hmm. uh, to accelerate uh, the pharma go-to-market, um, you know, many, many good digital health, AI, ML, uh, imaging-based imaging solutions, um, wellness. Um, so all all of these areas, you know, we're kind of seeing uh, ideas, uh, yeah. very Great. healthy digital. Yeah. yeah. So all if right. I, if well, I may just very briefly, yeah. yeah. If I may just very briefly add there, Shamana, I think, uh, you know, to summarize, uh, while certainly B2B, given like Satish mentioned, you know, given probably also our focus is more towards B2B, you know, we see a, lot more uh, flow coming on the B2B side, the healthcare, the fintech. I think a couple of smaller, uh, I would say softer, interesting aspects is, um, no. at least, you know, again, uh, apart from all the uh, sort of emerging technologies, applications, whether it's AI, ML, uh, or building a system of intelligence, I see uh, quite a few people coming with a distributed team, uh, especially for global opportunities. So they uh, having a presence in U.S., having a presence in India, uh, relatively, mm-hmm. again, this is not like every second deal that we get is of that nature. But I think mm-hmm. what you noticed four years, five years back, I think now relatively I see, you know, uh, people in different geographies, as long as they see synergies uh, and they understand the relevance of having someone in the U.S. or in Europe, depending on where the global market is, they come in early on with that team. Uh, also, the second thing is I think... Uh, they, they uh, you know, I would say they, they come with a lot more homework done at their end. I think a uh, yep. decent bit of customer validation, decent bit of, uh, you know, MVP. Uh, so so it, it's getting farther and farther away from, I would say, uh, just the theory and a few slides, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, as, as a theoretical approach. I think it's becoming a lot more practical and people, uh, they expect also investors to, um, you know, get into the practicality of, of what has been put together, you know, as, as a, a theoretical plan. So I think these are some of the softer aspects. Yeah, good. Very good. So Shamana, well, you know, good. yeah, if I can take, yeah, go ahead. Good. So, yeah, if I can take a minute, you know, just maybe give you a flavor of our portfolio, you'll understand the kinds of startups now, right? So we've invested in a company called Signy Energy. Signy is a solar storage platform, but is also a DC microgrid. You know, after you store the energy, instead of from DC converting to AC for transmission and conversion back to DC for consumption, mm-hmm. you have losses. You know, they deal with the DC world. You know, 48-old microgrid DC world. company has done exceptionally well. Plang Labs, Lang Labs is voice infrastructure for mobile apps, regional languages. This is the Little Eye Labs team. Uh, you know, we were investors in Little Eye Labs. That was Facebook's first and only acquisition in India. What they're building is a voice assistant infrastructure for apps would connect to their, uh, you know, API. And they're doing three things. One is the regional language wrapper, and the, sex- the second thing is the the NLP engine to understand the intent and the inference, and third is execution on the device as opposed to cloud to reduce latency as well as cost of transaction. Right? So that's Slang Labs. 
Um, you know, we talked about Alpha ICs, we talked about Darwin Box, Ansel. Ansel is mobile, uh, you know, developer infrastructure, again, helping product marketing, product management teams to roll out UI personalization without development cycles involved. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're a great platform and they're a global play. Ceradian Semiconductor, Ceradian is doing 4G imaging radar chips. Uh, these imaging radar chips are used in uh, automotive industry, uh, industrial automation, and even drones to identify objects, uh, high resolution, uh, at, a, at a lower cost, you know, with high levels of integration. We've talked about Sictiple, we've talked about Darwin Box, uh, you know, we talked about KIST. You know, these are a portfolio company, like one, one that gives you a good flavor of the kinds of companies and startups that we see. Okay, great. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation. It's, uh, it's good to see what you're doing, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a chance to look at stuff together as we go along. So thank you for participating, and thank you, audience, for listening. As you know, you can come to any of the free mentoring roundtables any week that works for your schedule and bring your project. It's a safe working session. We will strategize and discuss what your options are, what obstacles you're facing, and how to remove them. And we will be back soon with another edition of the 1M by 1M podcast.